Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of The Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fun Podcast. Our wonderful and talented guest today is Miss Tannis Arcuri. Thank you for joining us, Tannis. Oh, thanks very much. And how are you today? Oh, not bad. Not, not bad. bad. So you want to tell us a little bit about like your business and your family situation? Um, I have a company, and it's uh, called Arvik Search Services. We do incorporations. Um, so instead of going to the registry or to a lawyer, we're a paralegal firm. So it's kind of halfway in between. So we help people start up their businesses in Alberta and throughout Canada. I am married with two girls, aged 10 and 6. Aged 10 and 6. Oh, well, your business is definitely one that is much, much needed. <laughs> I, I I help clients out with their incorporation stuff fairly regularly, and so many of them just go, well, what do you mean you don't just go down to the registry and sign up? I'm going, oh, no, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All the mistakes you can make that you don't even know that you're doing. Oh, yeah, especially even just with the naming of companies. That's usually the biggest hurdle. And then after that, it's kind of nice and easy. Yes, but also all sorts of fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that you learned about money as a kid, like through experience and watching your parents and friends and things like that? I was completely oblivious as a child. Completely oblivious? Yeah, I had no idea. No idea. Things just happened. They just materialized. And it was great. There was no discussion of money whatsoever. Well, that part is definitely, unfortunately, by far the norm. Mm -hmm. So when did you become aware of money and, and, and having to learn about it if everything was just taken care of for you? When did you get your awakening? I got my awakening. Um, well, actually, probably my first job. My first job where I was actually on my own. So in my own apartment and my first job. Because then suddenly I had to meet all these bills and you had to figure out how to get it done. Mm. So I was old, like 22. I was, yeah, that was, that, that was a bad choice. Oh my. So even like all throughout your college and stuff, mom and dad like looked after it. Well, it just, yeah, it just wasn't an issue. I don't remember it ever being an issue because yeah, I had, yeah, I guess mom and dad did. They took care of, of um, all of the schooling and lodging because I was living with them. So there Definitely wasn't makes any it of those easier. concerns. Definitely makes it easier. So what are some of the things? that you wished you had learned as a kid to make your adult life easier? Oh, about saving. I wished I would have learned, well, about budgets, really about budgets. Getting a budget and having that savings come off every single paycheck first. 
um, and knowing what you can spend and staying within that limit, having it set out in a budget right in front of you and in your face instead of just lovely words that you just kind of say and you hope you can you can do. I would have really, really loved that. And, and why, why would you have loved that? What difference would that information have made to your life? You know, when I started the business, I can see how cash flow and what you actually, and like money management are so different. You can overspend every single month, but still feel like you, you know, you, you're doing okay. But then when you get down to the brass knuckles of it, you know, like you can see that you're overspending and, you know, it's just, it's not good. You have to stay within those means. But the way that our world is kind of set up, you can easily overspend and be completely oblivious to it. Yeah, that hap- happens an awful lot. And people think it's just, I'm not making enough money. And there's definitely situations where that is the case. But a lot of it is just, okay, they're not aware of all the money that they're bleeding because it's not hundreds of dollars at a time usually. It's $5 here, it's $20 there, it's $10 here, and they don't see it until, like you said, they actually sit down and start looking at things and going, yep, I'm overspending every single month. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So what made you want to, to go into and starting your own business? Well, technically, I didn't start the business. My father started it 32 years ago. Oh, okay. And so I've been doing it for about 17. So I just kind of came in and just had to take a few things over. Oh, it's a wonderful wonderful continuation. That's a good mm-hmm. thing. And yeah. what are some of the things that, that, you're, that you're observing now being a mom to your little girls? Like, what questions are they asking? And what are you noticing from the standpoint of a parent with dealing with your kids with money? I'm actually very shocked that they ask about money all the time. I don't ever remember ever asking about money when I was a kid, but they want to know the price of things. They want to know, you know, how much something is or, you know, if if I do these certain amount of chores, can I get this certain amount of money for it? Like they're actively asking these questions. Oh, financially motivated. (laughs) Yeah, I was, I'm shocked. I'm completely shocked. Well, and how, and how do you ask, how do you deal with it when they're, when they're coming up with the questions? Because your, your daughters are quite young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're young, but they have big goals. Like they wanted, um, there's a big trend right now. There's mermaid tails out there. It's a full on like slipper that is looks like a mermaid and you put both of your feet in it. Yes, I've seen a few. Yes, they're quite popular with the little girls. My daughter's a little old for them, but yes. <laughs> yeah, with the little ones, it's just all their age. And so they saved up. They figured out how much it was going to be, and they saved up to to go ahead and buy them. And they were they're like one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars. Yeah, they're not they're not cheap. They're a big purchase. <laughs> they are. Yeah, and they saved up for a very long time. <laughs> well, well, that's good. So how how did they go about doing their saving and things like that? Well, first they just asked for them. Number one, because that's what any kid's going to do. Go for the easy route. If they say no, you've lost nothing. If they say yes, you've won. (laughs) Yeah. Plan A. Just ask. If we say no, go to plan B. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Plan B, um, I said, no, I can, like, you guys have to pay for those yourself, maybe, because it seems like a, a big thing that you want. And they had been saving up, you know, birthday money and Christmas money and stuff like that. And I thought this would be a really good way for them to kind of spend it. So they had to go online and they went onto the shopping cart, figured out how much it was going to be. And then they counted up all of their money to see how much they had. And then we had to actually build a chore chart to figure out how they were going to get the rest of the money and approximately how long it would take. And how long did it take them? It took them a while, about three months. 
that's a pretty good thing for them to be sticking with a goal for that long at their ages. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they wanted them in the summer. And, of course, that didn't happen. Because <laughs> I said, no, I'm evil. And we took them all the way till Christmas. So it was a nice little Christmas surprise that they gave to themselves. Oh, so have they been able to use them yet? Oh, yeah, tons. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's really, really cool. So what are some of the things that, that as a parent and looking back about your isolated knowledge of money when you were a kid, what are some of the things you want to make sure your kids get before they go off into the big world? The number one, that it's really easy to overspend. Just because there's money in the bank account doesn't mean you need to spend it. If it's not on the budget, then you don't go over it. Well, part of the big problem is it's not just so much if the money's in the bank account. They have access to credit and all this other stuff. And I I see so many, unfortunately, end up in debt so quickly because they don't have the emotional connection to plastic actually is money. Mm -hmm. And it can be very expensive money. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I'm. We'll have to. Have, that's going to be a totally separate conversation, I think, once they get up to the credit card stage. Because, uh, yeah, I, that you can get. It's slippery slope. You can get yourself into some major trouble and extremely quickly with that. Well, one one of the things that I find when I'm talking with parents that have younger kids and stuff like that, so much of our our society. It's it's all of the plastic. It's the debit card or or the tap and the credit card and stuff like that. And not so many people actually handle physical cash anymore. So when the parents say, no, we're not going to be getting that or use what I consider to be the evil words, we can't afford that or anything. Younger kids a lot of the time will go, well, can't you just put it on the card? <laughs> <laughs> have, have, your, have your daughters ever like said anything like that? Oh, for certain. Absolutely. If uh, if I say, oh, I don't have the cash on me, they they definitely that's the first thing. Well, yes, you do. You've got your debit card. <laughs> <laughs> they pay attention. They pay very very close attention to what's going on. Absolutely. <laughs> and and you were saying so like your 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 daughters were saving and stuff, and you said one of the first things that you wished you had learned about is the savings. So how are you doing the savings? Like, are they have do they have jars or envelopes? Do you do they have their own bank account where they? I I don't even know if they have them anymore. But I remember when I was a kid, got my first. You had the the um the pass uh books where you yeah. had to print out and do your statements and that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't. We haven't gotten that technical. Um, we've just got envelopes for right now because they did have a large, a large amount of money before the whole mermaid tail situation. It was actually in jars, but now it's just an envelope, and they're just kind of building up their stack. And what is the next thing? Like, do they have another goal picked out? They don't. So they're just in savings mode. Oh, okay. So that when when the next opportunity comes up, and you you've got you've got two daughters. So do you find that your daughters are very similar in how they deal with the money and have the questions or are they different? How like how are things at your my, place? My oldest is a saver, my youngest is a spender. <laughs> she could spend every single dollar on candy and then the oldest she wants big things. She wants like electronics. She wants some of those big ticket items. Yeah, one of my my daughter's first major purchases that she did on her own that she saved up for for through her allowance and portion of birthday money and Christmas and stuff like that was she bought her Nintendo 3DS. Mm. Santa had brought a Nintendo DS a few years before, but she wanted the upgrade and mom wasn't paying for it. So she <laughs> saved up big time to get it. 
Do you, and do you find, like you said, your oldest is, is the saver and your youngest is the spender, which is very common in the families. Not so much that it's the age, but it's, it's rare for me to talk to people who have more than one kid. Oh no, they're both exactly the same when it comes to that. They're usually polar opposites. Do you find that they affect one another? Like the youngest one is watching the older sister and going, okay, well maybe I should save or the younger one being a bad influence on the older daughter? Nope. They're very secure in their beings. <laughs> There's no peer pressure. <laughs> Which can be good and bad, depending on which way it's going. Exactly. Whatever, whatever result I want, still always going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, always fine. So you want that? You want them to learn about not getting into debt and overspending and stuff. Anything else you want them to know and and be secure in before they go out? Like, do they? I know they're quite quite young, but do they have any? dreams for what they think they want to be when they grow up? Yeah, they do. Um, one wants to own a business, so definitely I'd have to, I want to have savings conversations with her because having a business, you know, you have to have your savings, your contingency plans and things like that. Yep. The other one wants to be a lawyer, so we'll see how that happens. It's just like a business. She'll still have to learn how to save and how to manage cash flow and all that kind of stuff as well. That young and wants to be a lawyer. I can understand the business because my daughters always see mom in business, so we talk about that. But your your oldest wants to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a corporate paralegal firm, so she kind of comes back. Oh, so, yeah, I suppose <laughs> if you're looking at it at that way. Looking yeah. at it that way. She's usually a lot of the younger kids I find don't quite wrap their heads around the the law stuff. So that's pretty cool that your daughter does. Mm-hmm. Well, it's more about the arguing. She's got that under control. <laughs> <laughs> kids are really good at that. They're also very persistent. They will go. They will go at you until they get the answer they want. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which which is wonderful, and then and then a lot of the time we become adults, and then we we're, we're too afraid to even ask for anything. We shut ourselves down before we even give anybody else the opportunity to. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Kids are fantastic salespeople because they haven't become afraid of themselves yet. No, they're not afraid of that word. No, <laughs> just means I need to rephrase my sentence. <laughs> That's that's a good way of putting it. That's a very good way of putting it. Anything else you would want them to know? Uh, when they get into um, serious relationships, I think I would want to bridge the gap and say, hey, have a conversation with your spouse or your partner about what they are like with money so that you guys are on the same wavelength as well. Because me and my husband were very different in that regard. I'm more of a saver, and he could just blow the money like crazy. <laughs> well, I've I've been in financial services now for 23 years, and I always people always laugh when I tell them. I say the biggest part of my job is marriage counseling, mm-hmm. and no, and, it, and it's not even necessarily that there's anything wrong. In most of the cases, okay, things are going quite well, but. money is such an emotional subject and there's such different ways of looking at it. For some people, it's all about fun and enjoy life and do this. And then you have the other spouse that's like all about security and we have to save for the rainy day and doing all of this and, and, and just the day to day handling of money. I love the fact that you say, okay, if you're getting into a serious relationship, this is one of the conversations you need to have Mm -hmm. because I think the stats are something like 86% of divorces state money as being the number one reason. 
Rarely is it the only reason, but it's right up there because it's such an emotional subject that people don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And they shove it down and then until everything just blows up one way or the other. Yep, or hide it. Because then if one partner has money situations or they're running up a credit card and they're hiding it from the other, you're not necessarily going to know that. Yeah, that's, defi- that's definitely happened. I was thinking slightly more on the more positive side, but yeah, the the things that I have have seen people ending up in a divorce situation and they thought everything was fine and finding out that they don't have two pennies to rub together and they're debt in debt up to their eyeballs because yeah. of their their spouse with spending problems or gambling problems or all the other different things because well they kind of in a lot of cases put their fingers in their ears and went la 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 I don't want to hear mm-hmm. until until it's too late yeah so I always say that it doesn't matter if it's your first marriage in your 20 or it's your second marriage and you're in your 40s. You need to have those deep, in-depth financial conversations. And if you can't while everything's good, don't get married because it's not going to stay that way. <laughs> it doesn't get better. <laughs> no, it doesn't. If you're not if you're not facing it or even if everything is good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm extremely fortunate that my husband and I are very very well matched and we we get along but yeah there's definitely some differences just on on the emotions around it and how things are handled like i'm definitely the entrepreneur and the the risk taker in the family and my husband is very much the security and employee mindset and it's it can make things for a little bit interesting at times yeah definitely Yeah, if they're just open, I would hope that my kids would just be open and honest and be able to actively talk about money so that it doesn't become this little elephant in the room in any kind of relationship they have, then I'd be happy. Yeah, and it also comes back if it, being able to be open and honest with themselves about their situation yeah. and, and dealing with it because so many people handle their money by just avoiding it. And mm-hmm. okay, if ever if everything if there's money in the account and I'm not in debt, everything's good. But they're also missing out on the opportunity for having it grow and setting up for their future, and and they're making a lot of mistakes that they're not even aware of because they're not dealing with it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I never thought of it on that side either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a lot of anxiety behind it. Like if it's something that you don't 100% understand or you're not comfortable with, you're yeah, you're gonna shut off your ears and you're not gonna listen to anything. You're or not gonna let you, new new ideas come through. Yeah, and and well, it's not even so much that you're. Some people are shutting down. It's just most families don't talk about it. Like the fact that, like you said, you, everything was just looked after and you never yeah. even really had to think about it. That's extremely common, and we don't talk about it it's a more taboo subject than sex in a lot of cases we barely touch on any of it in school like you have your daughters are not old enough yet but um they have career and life management 20 it's a required course in alberta to graduate it's supposed to teach you about like money and budgeting and all this stuff and it could be a great course unfortunately it's not and then we send them off to university and college and stuff, and they get hit on by every bank and credit card company in the in the country to try and get them in debt. And they're going, okay, I don't know how any of this works to even ask the questions or to how do I evaluate if something's good for me or should I take this opportunity or where should I be saving or doing any of these things because they've never been given the tools to work with to begin with. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, there, there's very few parents that 
feel comfortable enough. It's not that they're ashamed or anything, but they're going, well, I don't really know how to talk about money because, well, it's just something that I kind of had to learn and I think I'm doing okay, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's intimidating. You don't want to have the wrong answers here. (laughs) It's awful when your kids come up to you and ask you a question and you have to say, I don't know. I really, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, that's one of the things that I try, I try to teach people and going, when it comes to money, there's only two hard and fast rules that are given. Number one, you're going to die. I can't tell you exactly when, but it is going to happen. And you will have to pay taxes. We can help you legally pay less. But other than that, everything else, it depends. And the game is constantly changing. Like, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what? I don't know. Let's find out. But I don't know. Let's find out. Because like I said, I've been doing this my entire adult life. And so much has changed over the last two decades. And it's not getting any slower. Products come and go laws come and go, everything changes. And it's like, okay, how do we stay on top of this? And how do we learn? And and the biggest part that I found is you don't need to know the facts. You need to know how to ask the questions to get the answers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and kids are so good. I, I've, I've done courses where I've actually spent a week teaching kids about money. And one of the best things I found through that is Kids will just keep asking. If they don't understand it, they'll keep asking, go, well, that doesn't make sense. Try again. Where when I'm teaching classes for adults, they'll, they might ask once and then they'll nod and yep, fully understand because they don't want to admit that they don't know or they don't get it. Where kids will challenge you and going, okay, you have to figure out a way to make, to help them understand. And I think that's fabulous and we really need to protect that for them. Oh, absolutely. So, is there anything else you would like to add, my dear? No, no, I think just, yeah, savings. Savings and understanding where your money goes and making sure it's going into the right places. I would just, I would love to be able to instill that in them. Yeah, have have it come off right off the top so they don't even miss it or have to make a conscious choice. Yeah, so you have that buffer so that if you need to make some decisions, then at least that money is there for you and you're not just panicked and you can't uh, enter into an opportunity because you don't have the money to do it. Yes. Yes, I I was just seeing an article being passed around on Facebook today about the the biggest thing for, for being becoming a successful entrepreneur is having the financial resources behind you in order to start so you can afford to take some of the risks. Yeah so yes well we see that a lot in my business especially right now there's an economic downturn so we when people get laid off they incorporate more so Mm -hmm. we usually have a bit of an upturn yes um this time around it's been doing well but back in 2007 2008 when we had the recession people just my thought is that people just didn't have the personal funds to start up these companies because we didn't see an upswing we didn't see an increase in incorporations like we have this time around Hmm. Well, that's that's kind of interesting. Well, I guess because our our downturn is definitely much more focused on the oil and gas people. Like there's still a lot of stuff that's going very well in Alberta. But yeah, some of the people in oil and gas and they in a lot of the cases, yeah, they do have some funds and stuff behind them or they've gotten decent packages. And because I've got a couple of clients are going, okay, they've been pink slip and they're going, well, I've been doing this for like 15, 20, 25 years. Do I want to keep doing exactly what I was doing before? Or do I want to try doing something else? Mm-hmm. 
and they're they're looking at branching out and going on their own and and they're going okay you know what now i've got a bit of a cushion and i can afford to do this so yeah they're taking that opportunity every single day all of these guys that uh you know have had the pink slips they're doing something completely new something totally different than what they were doing for the last 20 years yeah yeah we're seeing it every single day it's great it's it, it's exciting to see the different changes and and people stepping out and going okay and now i'm going to do something that i love and i'm passionate about i just Honest to goodness, hope that they're getting the business help in order to succeed. Yes. <laughs> it's not just the incorporation. I find so many are, they're technically very good at what they do, but they just don't have the business skills to go around it to make them a success. They know how to do A or B, but they don't know how to do their financials. They don't know how to put together their systems. They don't know how they're going to be marketing. They don't know who are the people who are actually competent, qualified, and give a damn about properly helping them? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yes, I definitely do my best to help the ones on that side. I'm going, yes, you've got a great idea. We can do some wonderful things. We need to put together your foundational pieces so you can <laughs> succeed rather than wasting your time and money. <laughs> yeah, launch you properly instead of just having it be a money suck. Yes. Well, Thank you very much for visiting with us today. It's been a great conversation. Great. Yes, thank you very much, too. Enjoy your long weekend. Yes, thanks. It'll be a good one. It will be. <laughs> thanks. Have a good afternoon. You as well. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundations Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.